0: Thank you for listening in. When we sincerely turn our lives over to God, our goal is to obediently live for Him until He calls us home. Some, however, turn away from God as if they never knew Him. How can that be? God's Word has the answer. The Bible tells us that there are some who call themselves Christians, yet they are not a part of the family of God because though they appeared to be with us, they were not truly among us because they denied that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Heaven forbid. Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us.
1: With Jesus, I can make it. With Him, I know I can stand. Woo! Oh! My life... One more time, with Jesus I can, come on, with Jesus I, do I have any believers in the house today? With him, Woo. oh no, man, my life, my life, my life. My, woo, my life, my life, my life is in your hand. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say Hallelujah. And Father, we do thank you for the blessed assurance in knowing that our lives are in your very hand. We rejoice that we can rest in your divine assurance that it's going to be all right. What come what may, whatever we go through, you're not put any more on us than we can bear. If We just keep our eyes on you. We shall make it. By your help and your grace, help me now to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost, a message for this appointed time. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn with us to the book of Jude, a little book, little tiny book, just prior to Revelation. You get there faster by turning your Bible from the back and then go one book forward. And, um... Uh, Jude, we'll be dealing with verses 20, 21, 22, and 23. Jude 20, 21, 22, and 23. And there are these words, my friends. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach from the subject, Jude's final instructions to believers in last days apostasy. Jude's final instructions to believers in last days of apostasy. By way of introduction, after Jude warns and challenges the church to contend for the faith, He warns the church to fight against those who seek to destroy the very gospel we were saved by. Jude warning them to watch out, warning believers to be on guard and aware of the emergence of apostasy. Beware of false teachers. Beware of their seductive, destructive agenda. This aged seasoned Christian statesman gives words of encouragement instructing the saints to protect themselves against the onslaught of apostasy. Let's now glean from this particular uh, book as we look at the closing verses of this book uh, and see from this marvelous epistle what God says through our beloved Jude, the half-brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With that being said, How do we prepare ourselves when so many are falling away, deserting the faith, and disowning the name of Jesus Christ? Uh, That's a critical question we need to pose to ourselves. How do we prepare ourselves when so many who were once in the church, who once owned the name of Christ, uh, supposedly, uh, but they're falling away, they're they're deserting the faith, and they're disowning the name of Christ. In light of all of this, that's swirling around. How are we as believers in the Lord's house today and by radio and television, how are we to prepare ourselves so that we won't be victimized by the satanic agenda of apostate teachers and, and preachers and pastors and evangelists and, and those who call themselves Christians, but they're nowhere near it. Number one, We prepare ourselves by building ourselves up on our most holy faith. That's how we do it. We we must build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Look at verse 28. But you, beloved, building yourselves up yourselves. Who is that? Who is that? That's that's us. That's me. Say me. How do we build ourselves up? A, studying the word of God, which provides a solid biblical foundation upon which to stand. You build yourself up through the word of God because it gives you the foundation upon which to stand in these shifty, sandy times. Let me say something to you. I I want you to get it loud and clear. No study, no growth. Little study, little growth, much study, much growth. And you know what Satan is doing? He's doing a job on many who are sitting in the seats of our congregations today. He's holding many in the congregation held captive by ignorance. His first objective is to keep you from coming to Christ. But should you come to Christ, his next agenda on you is to keep you so ignorant that you don't know what you believe. So that you can not believe what you're hearing, so that you can waver, so you can vacillate. And if he can keep you ignorant, then you have no power. You have no sense of direction. You can't be all that God is calling you to be in these last days apostasy. Second Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly, accurately dividing the word of truth. You you must study the word of God if you're going to build yourself up. Each one of us is, is, is to study the word of God. That is not an option. That is a mandate. You cannot survive in these wicked last days apart from intensive studying of the word of the living God. How do we prepare ourselves? B, by guarding against being deceived. By guarding against being deceived. You see, the word of God keeps us from being misled. The word of God keeps us from being confused. It keeps us from being manipulated. It keeps us from being duped by those who have a subversive, which is a person who undermines a subversive spirit, a satanic subversive spirit working underneath in the congregation with a satanic agenda within the church that is hellish as it can be. And they can look good, talk good, keep in touch with you, but their agenda is subversive in order to keep you from being all you could be to the glory of God. And let me tell you something. Everybody that looks like they're of God is not of God. You can look the part, take, say amen, say hallelujah, say and sanctify and have a two-ton Bible and still not be of God. You see. Uh, 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 How do we build ourselves up by keep working on ourselves, which is a lifetime project? Do you realize working on me is a me long time lifetime project? (laughs) You will never get through working on you. As a matter of fact, listen, you don't have time to be a busybody. If you if you determine within yourself that you are a lifetime project. There are always things about you you need to work on. There will always be things that the spirit of God will identify uh, that you need to bring under the control of the Holy Ghost. A- Amen. I- I'm working on me. As a matter of fact, I'm so busy working on me. I don't have time for foolishness. And I don't have time to be stirring up no mess because I'm so busy trying to get myself ready to make my departure from this place. Do you not know all of us are one day further from the cradle and one day closer to the grave? Don't you know you are ever so closer to going to be with the Lord? And with that being said, do you realize you're just one step from death? So I don't have time to be messy. I don't have time to be gossipy. I don't have time to have a subversive agenda. I don't have time to be a manipulator. I don't have time to be hellish. Times are too late. Satan's too busy. And my time is too short not to be working on a me project. How do we build ourselves up? By not losing sight of the fact that God is a holy God. Not losing sight of the holiness of God. That's how that's how we build ourselves up. Listen, when you keep in mind of the of, of the holiness of God, it helps you to be holy. Not losing sight of the holiness of God is the way we build ourselves up. Look at verse 28. A latter part of that phrase. It says your most holy faith. Underline that. Your it is your is your faith. How many of you believe and you've trusted Christ as your as your personal savior? Is that just a faith? It's not any kind of faith. It's a holy faith. Our most holy faith comes from a most holy God. Our most holy faith comes from a most holy God. God is holy, and the only way we can be delivered from our depraved, wretched condition is to place our faith and trust in his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is intrinsically, absolutely, completely holy. And once we've received Christ as our personal Savior... He requires his children to be holy in our faith and conduct. The Lord requires that all of us be holy in our faith and in our what? Conduct. Everybody with a Bible, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. It It says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your what conduct? Because it is written, be holy for I am what? Holy. You got to watch your conduct. And listen, if, if your conduct is bad, you're not holy. If you cussing, you're not holy. If you chewing folk out, you're not Holy. If you're loud and cantankerous and rambunctious and hard and you're meany, you're not being holy. Your attitudes stink up the place. You're not holy. You walk around with a chip on your shoulder. You're not holy. Be holy for the Lord says, I am holy. You represent me. folk. Many folk will not read the Bible, but they will read your life. And when they read your life, do they get a glimpse of the holiness of God? How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? E. -E. We build ourselves up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Underline that. Every phrase is so loaded by praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how you build yourselves up. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us insight into what we should pray and how we should pray. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Ghost. And he gives us insight into what we should pray as well as how we should pray if we are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, my friends, all I'm saying is that spirit led praying. Is praying that is Christ-centered. It, it is Christ-centered. Your praying ought to, ought to be wrapped up in Christ. Your praying must not be selfish but selfless. Uh, this is praying when, when the Holy Ghost is in the prayer, is in the praying, it intercedes for others. You're not just getting off your knees after you pray for your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, and your best friend and your and all these kinds of things. Your prayer goes beyond your house. And you intercede for our troops. You intercede for leadership of the church. You intercede for the things that's going on in our world. You intercede for the president and his family, the Congress, city officials and schools and and all of these things. You intercede. You intercede for the persecuted church and on and on and on it goes. But when you're praying in the in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost, it is filled with adoration and worship. And you, you just get you get on your face before God. And say, and I love your father. I worship your father. I adore your father. I bless your father. It adores and worship the Lord. You see, to pray in the Holy Spirit is to be completely dependent upon him to help us. Praying in the Holy Spirit is to be de- completely dependent upon him to help us. He is the one who empowers our prayer life. The Holy Ghost is the one who what empowers our prayer life. You know, here's how you pray. You pray to God. Huh? You pray to God in the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. That's how you pray. That's the formula for prayer. You're praying to who? In the power of. In the name of. I never forget um, uh, my principal's retirement. Uh, he my principal in Hamilton Middle School back when I was teaching public school and they wanted me to pray. They knew I was a preacher and they, I was asked to pray a few days later. It was his retirement celebration. And a few days later, I was asked, well, I want to also let you know that uh, we gonna have some Jews there. So don't pray in the name of Jesus. And I said, well, I won't pray because there's no other name I can pray in except the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, if Jesus is not in the prayer, it's just sounding brass and tingling cymbals. Huh? Look at Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Y'all hanging with me? Oh, this is getting good. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Look what it says there, my friends. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Is that are there times when you're weak? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you, are there times when you're struggling? Uh huh. For we, it is those times for when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. You ought to know what to pray and you ought to know how to pray. But sometimes we get weak, sometimes we get a little beat up, and sometimes we get depressed and all these things. But the Spirit himself, God himself, makes intercession. He said, when you're weak and you're struggling, I will come alongside as your paraclete to help you pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, huh? because he makes intercession for the saints, according to the will of God, you realize the Holy Ghost helped you to pray according to his will. Matter of fact, you won't get down there and pray all kind of stuff and unbiblical stuff. Matter of fact, when you're in the word of God, it, the word of God helps you pray intelligently. And if you're not in the word, you can't even pray biblically. As a matter of fact, if you're not in the Word, you can't even sing biblical songs. Most of these songs we hear nowadays don't have Jesus in it, don't have atonement in it, don't have the Word in it, it's not Christ in it, and you got to assume God is somewhere around the song. Listen, every song come from this church ought to be so Christ centered that nobody should doubt that that's a Jesus filled song. You see, we ought to be praying, and when the Holy Ghost is in our praying, True spirit led, spirit filled praying will do this. Prayer purges our motives. Don't stop saying you're a prayer warrior and you're doing prayer walks and you're in the prayer room and you praying for other folk and you checking on other folk and you doing all these things. And your motive is so screwed up until it's ridiculous. We know what prayer does. It transforms our attitude. There's no way you can get off your knees and have a bad attitude. If you got a bad attitude. Get back on your knees. Instead of cussing your husband or wife out, won't you say, won't you go get on your knees, honey? You, you, haven't been, you haven't spent enough time on your knees. You know what prayer does when it's spirit led and spirit filled? It humbles us. It helps us not to think too highly of ourselves. That's what's wrong with people, people seek power and they seek control. But the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in the spirit, you're not wrapped up, tied up and tangled up in yourself. You know what? When you when you do spirit filled, spirit led praying, it helps you to think before you speak. That's right. When you pray, you just can't say anything uh, at any time. You go. Uh, the, prayer puts a guard over your mouth. You know what prayer does? It helps us to be peacemakers, which is to be part of the solution and not the problem. You're not raising hell in the church and hell in your house and saying, holy, holy, holy. It keeps you a peacemaker and not a peace It keeps it keeps you from a spirit of manipulation. It keeps you from seeking power and it keeps you from being used of the devil. You realize so many saints in the house of God universally are deceived by the devil and don't even know it. Satan has them right where he wants to be. And they're so full of themselves, they don't even know that they're self-deceived. You realize you can get so full of yourself and don't even know you're full of yourself until you just totally out of order and you think you're doing God's bidding and you're so far from God until God's heart is broken. When we earnestly pray in the Holy Spirit, we cannot do these things and be at peace with God. We cannot do these things and be at peace with ourselves. We cannot do these things and be at peace with others. My friends, we must be determined to pray in the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, how do we build ourselves up? We build ourselves up in the love of God. Look at verse 21a. We build ourselves up in the love of God. Verse 21a says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's good. Look at at that. Keep yourselves in the love of God. In other words, God took the initiative to love us with an unconditional love. He He took the initiative. He took the initiative to love us with an unconditional love. You know, listen. If God's love was based on what we do and what we didn't do, we'd have, his love would have been gone a long time ago. He loves us in spite of ourselves. Aren't you glad? Don't you? Aren't you glad that God loves us at our best and at our worst? That God loves us and that's the way you ought to love your children? Huh? You ought to love your children? Oh yeah, they're going to mess up and they're going to blurt and they're going to get on your nerves and they're going to make you sick, but you still love them. We make God sick too, but he still loves us. Uh, you're to love folk you don't like uh, with an unconditional love. That cantankerous co-worker, uh, that husband that lost, uh, that mother-in-law that's out of order, whoever it is, you're to love them with an unconditional love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 eight says, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. First John four nineteen says, we love him because he first loved us. That's right. You didn't love God first. He loved you first. You know why you chose him? You chose him because he chose you. Y'all didn't get that. (laughs) You say, I chose God. You only choose him because he chose you first. He was drawing you. (laughs) He took the initiative to love you. Aren't you glad that God is passionately in love with you? But the real question is, are you passionately in love with him? Keeping yourself in the love of God. What does it mean? It means we keep ourselves in the love of God. We keep ourselves in the love of God when we love him passionately with all our hearts, with all our mind, soul, strength, which will result in our serving him with tenacity and commitment. We're to love God passionately. You don't kind of love God. Huh? You don't kind of love God. I mean, when you love money, you you work for it. You become a, a workaholic. You'll kill for it. You'll steal. You'll cheat. You get low down. You'll embezzle because you love money. But but the opposite is when you love God, you give to him. You'll passionately love him with all your heart, all of your mind, your soul, your strength, which results in your serving him with a heightened sense of tenacity and a heightened sense of commitment. You know what keeping in yourselves on the love of God means? It means we all we keep ourselves in the love of God when we are grateful for who God is. And for what he has done through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that keep when you adore God and all of his characteristics and all of his divine attributes and when you adore and you thank him for what he has done. You, you're so blessed. You're so thankful for what he has done for you. It keeps you in the love of God. And you know what? When you manifest God's love, others will recognize it and respond to God's love. That's 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 emanating from you. You know, some folk can catch the vision of love by watching you. If you are passionately in love with Christ, you know, that man, that man loved God. Oh, she really loved God. That child really has a heart for God. When you really love God, some folk are take note of it. You don't have to say, I'm broken. If you're really broken, just be broken. Huh? Huh? You don't have to say, well, you don't have to Well, I love God. I love God. Love, love is not what you say, it's what you do. You know, I, you know, I don't say I, I don't love my wife. I don't ever give her nothing anytime. Won't take her out, won't do nothing. That's not love. Love it. What you say is what you do. That's right. That's it's what you do. I love, I love, I love. Now you ought to be said, well then you ought to be following that. I do, I do, I do this, I do that, and I do that.
0: We must study, meditate, and obey the word of God daily, lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranatha-sa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.